Right, hello, wonderful leaders. Good to see all of you, the leaders that are here, and then the leaders that are listening. Love you so very much. And today, I'm excited. Next generation. Raising them up. He's 19 years old. No, he's not 19, not 19, 19. How old are you? Come on, that's what I'm talking about. 27 filled with power and strength. Um, the other day, I went, actually went to go lift weights with Thomas, uh, which is always a bad idea. Uh, so my hamstrings are still hurting, uh, but we had a great time together. He's been leaning into God's presence. Uh, he's been in his word. I know uh, so much of his story. And for a lot of you leaders, you might not know Thomas, uh, but he has been in on the next gen team, really from the time you got here, and has been so leaned in to the next generation and has poured into, I know my kids personally, and this is, the, they are our, not just our future, but they are our present. And for the way he has looked at them has been just like when Jesus looks at the kids and says, hey, 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 just so everybody knows, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he brings the little kids into the center, says, don't, don't, don't try to put them on the outside. They're at the center here. And that's how Thomas has led and served and loved. I have been so inspired by his life. He's willing to grow, incredibly teachable, loves Jesus a ton, filled with energy, and is so much more detail-oriented than you would ever possibly imagine. Uh, Thomas, come on up here, my friend, and share with us some amazing leadership. Love you, PE. Love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. Love you guys so, so, so very much. Um, so before I came on step, does anyone know what uh, like dizzy bat is? Have you guys ever heard of that? It's where you take a bat like this and then you spin around in circles like a bunch of times. So I would describe my walk with God a lot like that. And it really wasn't until like pastors Earl and Nika like brought me in where it was like someone like gently grabbing my arm and being like, hey, bro, you don't got to spin like that. So like, I feel like a lot of what I'm gonna talk about actually today is totally all around that. Cause I feel like in this season of 14 days of prayer and fasting, I was just like, God, I feel like I'm back in a season where I'm spinning around with the bat again. And I felt God say, okay, well, what do you feel like you're not catching? And so with today, I'm gonna talk a little bit about what I've been learning in these 14 days of prayer and fasting. And so uh, the title of this, if I had a title, it would be uh, A Tale of Two Camps, okay? A Tale of Two Camps. So we're going to jump all the way back to Exodus, okay? There's this group of people. They're called the Israelites, okay? If you've heard about them, awesome. If you haven't, they're like, it's like a group of people. It's like 2.4 million people who've been living for 400 years in slavery and are now being brought out of slavery and into the promised land that God had called them to. And the trip, which was from slavery to the promised land should have taken about 14 days, which I thought was interesting because we're in 14 days of prayer and fasting. But this trip that should have taken 14 days actually ended up taking 40 years. And so I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, Lord, in this 14 days of prayer and fasting, don't let me keep spinning around with the bat for 40 years missing what you have in store for me. That's like at the end of 14 days of prayer and fasting. So uh, if you guys will jump in with me, we're going to jump into Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. Okay, so the, the Israelites, right, they, they're in the wilderness at this point. This is like about 13 days after they'd literally just seen Moses part a sea in half. Okay, so you'd think that their faith would be on an all-time high, right? 
The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from the place to place as the Lord commanded. They encamped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty, for, the water was, there was, for there was no water, and they grumbled against Moses, and they said, why do you bring us here out of slavery in Egypt to make our children and livestock die of thirst? The very thing that they'd been praying for for years and years and years and years and years was now the curse that they were looking at in the face. So what are the things that you've been praying for for years and years and years and years and years, and you feel like is like a curse in your face? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your spouse? Is it your kids? What are the things you've been praying for for years and years and years and years, okay? Wow, so good. But the Lord answered Moses. He said, walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff which you struck in the Nile, the same power that was used to perform miracles and go, and I will stand there before the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel and they called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? Moses trusted God. The people weren't trusting God. Okay. Moses was all in. The people weren't all in. And so he's like dragging them on a trip that should have taken 14 days. And we're going to jump to 14 or four, about 40 years later. Okay. So we're going to jump into Numbers 20, 10 to 3. Okay. We're jumping all the way to Numbers. This is like two books later. Okay. All right, you'll notice this is the exact same story that happened 40 years earlier. Okay, it's the exact same story. Okay, so in verses 10 and 13, the, like the Israelites, once again, they're complaining. They don't have water. They're complaining. They're complaining. They're quarreling with Moses. And then what happens is, is he, speaking of Moses and Aaron, gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we, speaking about Aaron and himself, Bring you water out of this rock. Then Moses raised his staff and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. And so I was reading this thinking to myself, What are the things that I'm doing? Where am I quarreling? Where am I groveling? that is making it so that my pastors can't see the promised land and they're gonna have to walk around for 40 years doing the same thing, trying to drag me because I was stuck in the same place. Or maybe it's your spouse. What's the dream on the inside of your spouse? That because of your groveling and grumbling and arguing that they don't get to see the promised land because you've been in the same space. Make it personal for you. What about your kids? What about the dreams on your kid's life? And what are the things where you're being like a helicopter parent and you're like too worried about the little things that they've got going on that you're not like encouraging them and pushing them in their dreams? What are the dreams maybe on the inside of you that you've allowed other people's voices to continue to pull you away from the thing that God has in store for you? So that's camp one, okay? That's a sad camp. This church doesn't live in that camp, so that's a good thing, okay? Let's go to a happy camp. This is camp number two. Everyone say camp number two. Okay, so we're going to jump all the way over to Acts 2. Everyone jump over to Acts 2. Okay, so we've been walking through the book of Acts, and I love the book of Acts. It's incredible, okay? So at this point in time, similar group of people. They're all Israelites. They're all gathered together, right? 
They're all followers of Jesus, followers of the same God. They live with the same Holy Spirit, live in about the same area in the Middle East. So there's not really any difference other than their heart. And it's their heart posture. Okay, so at this point, Jesus has just gone away. He's ascended into heaven. And he says, go, sit all together and wait, and the Holy Spirit will come to you and will rest upon you. So at this point in the story, all of the Israelites are like gathered together in one place. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All together in one place. Suddenly it sounded like a blowing wind of a, or a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated them and landed on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then what's amazing is if you jump all the way to verse 37, Peter stands up, goes outside, and immediately does the Lord's work. He doesn't wait. He doesn't complain. He just goes out and starts doing the Lord's work. Right? And so in verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized every single one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. And he said, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number on that day. Wow. So I was like, okay, God, so what's the difference? What's the difference, right? There are these two camps. Both of them are like the same people group, so there's not really like any difference in their, the culture and the way that they were raised. They both live in the same area, so they're both dealing with the same economic and like social difference and inequalities. They both follow the same God. They both love Jesus. They both are all, all in, quote unquote, on following God. They both had a lot of rules and regulations on how they got there. So what was the difference? And I felt God just say, they were unified. 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 Because I think the truth is, is that when you're not unified, it's impossible to stop a move of God. But I think if you're not like unified, you'll actually slow it down because you're getting in the way of like what God wants to do. So I'm not going to pretend to sit here and like play God, but like in, in the different areas of your life, maybe the reason that you've been like walking around in circles and you feel like it's taking you so long is because you haven't quite caught what God is like wanting you to learn in this season. And so I, I just pray that in this 14 days of prayer and fasting, that you listen, just like I've been listening, and just be like, okay, God, what's the thing I'm not catching? What am I like continuing to like turn around in circles and turn around in circles and turn around in circles, and I'm just not catching? And it probably isn't something that's new. It's probably something God's been speaking to you for a really, 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 really long time. Like for me, it's, it's been pride, honestly. Like if I can be honest, in this season, it's feeling like, Man, I wish that I could be doing that. Or man, I wish that I could be helping with that. Or man, I wish that I was in that meeting. Or man, I wish that, you know, I had that car. Man, I wish that I had that house. And it's all comparison, and it's disunifying, and God just wants you to be unified. <laughs> it's, it's really simple, and it's really easy. And so God is wanting to move fast, because the truth is, is that in Acts, 
what we see is a unity that's happening and the same period of time in between when Jesus left and when the apostles start preaching is about 14 days. So what are you going to do in these 14 days where God is wanting to move fast and all we got to do is just catch what he's trying to give to us. That's all I got for us, y'all.